You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hero Up Podcast here with Jim Simcoe and... I'm Blake Bender. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you weren't ready for that at all? Blake Eugene Bender. We that is, always, that is never, my middle name. That is my middle name. Never leave that out. How yeah. did you get the middle name Eugene? Uh, so my gran- my grandpa's, I don't know if it was actually his middle name or his first name, but mm-hmm. he went by Gene, uh, short for Eugene. And so it was my grandfather's name. Got it. Cool. It's important to know. It is. It is. And now they know. So today's topic is going to be a little different. We're going to talk about health and fitness and best practices of health and fitness. And this is really geared for people, for everybody. For everybody who goes to CrossFit or goes to a gym or whatever or doesn't. Or has uh, a body. Everybody who has a body, mm-hmm. this is what this is about. And since you seem to be an expert in this field and has been in this field for a long time, uh, I thought we could just get uh, kind of cut through the bullshit and get to the be- best practices. I have 20 questions prepared here in this wonderful little cup. I'm going to pull out very much like how we did in our relationship podcast. But before we get into that, tell everybody about your background. Okay, the background question. That's always a, a don't tough start one. with your fear as, of spiders. Yeah, just as, start somewhere else. How does anyone really define themselves and who they are? I guess just to give you the the bullet, connects essentially. Yeah, to give to <laughs> give the world the, right the bullet points. Um, I currently own a gym, Stratum Fitness in Solana Beach. Um, I've owned this facility with a one business partner for the last six years. Um, you know, we are affiliated with CrossFit and I've spent, uh, several years kind of training within that discipline, which is very broad and inclusive in terms of the, the fitness demands. What certifications uh, do you have, did you have to get to do that? Um, the certification process for CrossFit is not particularly, you know, challenging to get through necessarily. In fact, I think that, um, as a, a business that is one of the reasons that CrossFit has been successful in growing so quickly is because the barrier to entry is relatively low. Got it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you don't get a lot of great coaches and, and very few people, you know, if they intend on coaching for a career, uh, will do the minimum, you know, certifications required through uh, CrossFit. And at the end of the day, it's uh, what attracted to me to CrossFit um, initially is because it integrates so many different disciplines within fitness. Right. Um, right, right. And so because that is kind of like a great deal of my athletic background, I grew up um, and competed in gym, uh, competitive gymnastics into a, you know, the fifth or sixth grade or something like that. Not a particularly high level, but I was, you know, uh, exposed to a lot of training styles that, right. that most people don't um, get access to. I played competitive soccer for a long time into uh, college, burnt out from that. Um, I've tried recreational sports and rock climbed, and that was uh, very different from my competitive athletic career, which is very so much more structured and right. uh, goal-oriented as opposed to just like the act of doing thing. And I think things just for the sake of doing them. Sure, sure. Um, and a lot of people tend to gravitate towards one or the other. They tend to like, you know, I know really good athletes who kind of mock at, you know, scoff at the idea of just doing something for the sake of doing it. And then on the flip side, you know, there's people who just participate in, you know, different classes or activities that they enjoy for no other reason yeah. with no intention of gaining physical benefit, even if that is a side product of it, byproduct right. of it. Um, but the idea of like committing yourself to uh, an extreme is, is not really, you know, their cup of tea. Um, and so I kind of operate and currently really live my life somewhere in limbo between those two things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I, I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what it means to be fit and healthy and how to do this for sustainably for a really long time. And you've had, so you've had this gym six years. Mm-hmm. So you, how many members have you think, you know, come and gone and 
current i mean have you it's i mean how many people have you been sure, able to sure. observe like three four hundred yeah i i don't know somewhere between 350 to 550 would be yeah. my would be my guess uh and you know some of which you get to know very intimately and have a really long-term relationship and then others are somebody you you get to know very briefly or or even right, somebody so who's just in town for a couple of weeks or something Got like it. that okay all right, cool. So you clearly have a background in this. You ever play basketball with any of the people that uh, you work out with? I don't like where you're going with this question. Uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim is referencing the time we played we pickup, about? and his team his team won their games. In my which team. is I think all we in need my to say team, at that point. Yeah, both times. Oh, sure. Yeah. Why, why not? <laughs> we won't that, say how stacked my yeah, team was. Yeah, we won't. We won't say who contributed the most to their team. <laughs> and that's not me saying I contribute a lot. But. No, I just contributed <laughs> zero to my team. I, I was really good at picking the teams. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right, let's get let's get right into. To these questions. So sure. these are so these questions come from me, but then they also come from uh, uh, another woman I know, and they also come from our very good friend Scott Lang. So these are questions <laughs> that came up. So if you're out there listening to this, Scott. What's Scott, up, my man? Scott, what's up, Scott? Scott's the best. He's probably doing a Zumba class right now as we speak. <laughs> knowing him, all right. So I'm, these are in no particular order. I'm, we're just gonna go. Very soon, into if, I can, it. if I can, let's just get right into it. All right. So your first question. Um, uncommon advice. What do you believe to be true that most fitness experts don't? What's a, what's something that you think is super true that a lot of people would say, eh, maybe that's not true. That, you know, the, the fundamental issue I have with the question is simply that if somebody like is an expert in a particular domain, I guess, I guess just like trying to define what it means to be an expert and sure. recognizing that an expert in one domain does not necessarily mean that they're going to be an expert in all of health and wellness. And, right. um, you know, I, I have a biased, uh, lens and I work with adults who are generally pretty healthy people, not all, not necessarily like the most hard charging athletes, but, um, people that have tried to generally take care of themselves to a, to a pretty high level, but they also have other focuses, you know, other, uh, considerations and priorities right. in their life. Right. Um, and so that gives me a, a bias and orientation in, in trying to, uh, you know, seek out what are the most important variables for those people to consider. Okay. Um, so in that sense, I do think that just finding something that people genu genuinely enjoy doing um, is going to be among the most important things because it's going to allow people to come back for more. And, and that may be, you know, be a byproduct of, byproduct of you just enjoy that activity. You enjoy the, right. the facet or the aspect of it being a social setting, or maybe you like, you know, going out on a hike and it's very, uh, you know, freeing and you, you enjoy being out in nature or, you know, you enjoy the process of, of improving uh, day by day, but you have to figure out what it is that keeps you coming back. Um, and that's kind of fundamentally how I view uh, like the among the pri highest priorities and and what's going to uh, translate to being uh, successful in the fitness game. But if you worked with somebody who worked with really high level athletes and you know let's say that they're a cyclist or something like that, they would probably look at some sort of uh, variable such, you know, something much more quantifiable in a metric such as the volume or amount of time they spent at such and such pace or you know, right, any other, narrow, any really other types focus. of, yeah, any other, you know, I hope that answers the question that yeah, I think I sidestepped it a little bit. Okay. Um, you didn't sidestep it. Thank you. It's close, but it was okay. Is there a right way to lose fat or slash weight? So I think 
Yeah, is there a right way to lose weight? There's definitely wrong ways to lose weight. I was recently introduced to this, uh, this idea of um, there's a certain business that offers freezing the fat off uh, in which they basically apply some super, super cold. I don't know, you know what the application of it is to some, some body fat tissue. And then they and that works? say, I, I am calling bullshit, but um, I don't, and even, and if it does work, they say that it's because your white blood cells basically, uh, your, and your immune system effectively like, like reintegrates the fat into the system and it goes through the limbic system. Uh, which I just ha- I have to imagine that has to be so super stressful on the body. And, right. That doesn't sound like it. And be good I guess that's a good segue into saying that, you know, it really is context specific. If you're somebody who's very overweight and needs to lose, uh, you know, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus pounds in order to be in a healthy place. Yeah. Um, Let's talk you're, you're yeah. going to need to do things that, that just drive you in the direction of creating sustainability mm-hmm. on that that front because you're not trying to lose 60 pounds for a day. You don't want to be 60 pounds lighter for one day and then gain that back quickly. Right. You want to really accumulate the habits and, and create the patterns and support systems in your life such that you can continue to, to, you know, support your body in a positive way for a really long time. Now, I don't fundamentally have a, a problem with somebody who's, you know, 10 pounds heavier than they'd like to be in their perfectly healthy body fat, but you know, beach season's coming up and they just want to tighten things up a little bit. Um, but I think that that person's taken things from an eight out of 10 to a nine out of 10, as opposed yeah. to somebody who's going from a two to an eight. Um, so that's really my advice to, to people. And I think that, uh, that is a large part of how I view a lot of, uh, fitness and health is trying to figure out how you can, uh, identify what characteristics and facets are most important to you um, and what are the lowest hanging fruit in order to to kind of work from there if you're not doing anything that uh, you know helps you unwind and decompress and not be stressed and then just doing a little bit of something doing a little bit of breath work or meditation or maybe you enjoy yoga class or you know maybe watching a freaking comedy routine or something like there's yeah. many different ways you can go about that um, but that can be uh, really effective in in this facet of your your life if alternatively you are somebody who is a yogi and you spend four or five days a week uh, in yoga classes but you r- decide that you want to go do something that like a field sport that requires some explosiveness and then you get out on the playing field and you're just like oh man I have no like pep pep in my step or no explosiveness then you need to figure out like what is a a really easy way to integrate just a small dose of that and that's probably going to go a really long ways in in improving would you say so say let's say someone's trying to lose 15 pounds Mm -hmm. so you're not in favor of a diet of diets that you know, like the keto diet or whatever that where like they just promise to drop the weight within a couple of weeks. If I hear you correctly, you're, what you're saying is that really doesn't matter if you're going to put it right back on because it's not some, something that's sure. sustainable. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe it makes you feel good for those five or six days. And I, I don't mean that like, yeah. even though I'm kind of joking, like I, I don't have any issue if somebody's like, I really want six pack abs and I'm having my fingers crossed right now because, yeah. uh, uh, 
somebody's going on vacation in Cancun and they're just like, I want to feel awesome at the pool party. And then I'm going to, you know, go back to my normal life. Back to be my normal, and, and, my normal slug and, self and, afterwards. Uh, and, but like, uh, I don't think most people want that. I think most people right. want to have like a, a healthy on the low side of body fat is so many. I mean, I think that's the, the, I'm what the majority. For, I'm, I'm looking for a two pack. What the, what the majority of people are looking for from an aesthetic perspective, if we're being honest here. But um, what I will say as far as the specifics on a diet, uh, I've been just an active participant in the nutrition game because I eat food myself and I observe and have observed so many diet trends over the year. And I will say that everything works, but not everything works for every person. Um, and so you really have to just trial and error. Like there's no, there's, there's no reason you can't like look into the keto diet for a period of time, look at the cost benefits, uh, try to identify what types of people it works for. I don't recommend the keto diet to somebody who does metabolically really stressful exercise regularly throughout the week because I think it's it demands that you have you just need carbohydrate to support that uh you know for the most part so if somebody's participating in crossfit classes or you know runs really hard if you're going out for a casual five mile run and you never like you know are breathing super hard then that's a different matter but yeah um yeah I, I think that a lot of people have been successful in a lot of different things and so being really dogmatic about this diet is right and this diet is wrong is just not necessarily been consistent with my my experience okay that's fair let's move on um and if you are going to be using five dollar words like dogmatic um let me know the next question is does dieting work we just we just answered that question so i'm going to go ahead and put that question back next. clearly we had two questions that were the exact same um is it okay to have cheat days? This is not my question. It's for um, somebody else. If we're talking about nutrition and not like yes. your, you know, spouse or something like that, correct? That's something you have to discuss with your spouse um, on the nutrition front. Uh, there, I mean, you can have cheat months and years. It's you know totally up to you. But everything is a cost benefit analysis, and every like not just in from a nutrition perspective, but every action that you do has you know, either a benefit or a cost to improving or taking away from your own health and, and wellness. If you get a shitty night's sleep because you chose to go out, uh, you know, a couple hours later the night before that may, yeah. you know, compound and mean that you didn't get good training or maybe you ran out of time to prepare good quality, good quality meals. And so what I will say is these things all compound, uh, yeah. and, um, you want to try to just stack the cards in the, in your favor to the best, uh, best of your yeah. you know oh, ability, um, but I I think it's really important that people are able to find a balance between like structure and enjoyment in what they do. And if you have really extreme goals, and if you're competing in a bodybuilding competition, then you better put the cookie down that I literally just ate before this podcast. Literally that, just had a cookie that, that Jim brought in, um, and I'm not doing a bodybuilding competition. Uh, but alternatively, if you're just trying to uh, enjoy your life, enjoy that food is one of the most beautiful things in the world, and and should be. Uh, uh, enjoyed in some capacity, but it also shouldn't be abused for making yourself feel good emotionally and, you know, just, you know, to put, to put yourself in a, a place of feeling better about whatever's going yeah. on in your world. Um, so people do need to have some balance of structure, but also enjoy a little bit. You yeah. Know? I found, it's funny you said, so last weekend the girls were gone. They were in Mammoth. I was, I was home by myself, went to the 4.30 CrossFit class. Uh-huh. And from there, um, me and a couple other people went to like a brewery. Yeah. Had a beer. I had a couple of like fish tacos in there. I was starving. Yeah. So I was about to head home. It was about eight o'clock, but I had no plans. And they were going to dinner. They were going out for sushi. Yeah. 
And so I ended up going out for kind of a second dinner for, at sushi. That's my favorite meal of the day. Best. Second dinner. So great. Second dinner. So great. But I noticed that like, you know, I was eating sushi, but then I had like a shot of what's the drink at Japanese places? Sake. Sake. Yeah. So I had a couple shots of sake, which I never do. Like, uh-huh. you know me, like I don't ever drink. Yeah. And, um, it was interesting. Like, so I got home at like 1030. That was Friday. Dude, I was dragging all day. Yeah. And also like emotionally, I was just kind of like bummed all day. I was just like, I didn't sleep well. The girls missed the girls. Down. Missed the girls. Yeah. I was like kind of an, a bit of an emotional wreck. Yeah. I watched an entire season of Friday Night Lights, cried a bunch of times during the episode. Oh man, every time. You know, like when Matt, Matt Saracen's in his shower crying, oh, like, no. why does everybody leave me? Yeah. I'm like, tears are pouring down my eyes. You're, you're sitting myself. there alone. Yeah, I'm sitting there the alone on a Saturday looking at my dog. Like, oh God, this is horrible. But I did notice like, like context wise, like, like, while I had a really fun night, I also was like, wow, I really don't want to do like that kind of damage to my body mm-hmm. that often. Yeah. Or yeah. ever. Like, yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's not worth, yeah. it's not worth what happens. Sure. Anyway. Sure. All right. Next question. This is a big question. Let's look at oh, this one. It's right, a big piece of paper. Um, okay. And I'm going to give some background on this, but, uh, so several months ago, you, we had, there was a person in the gym who after the gym competition basically challenged you and Eric, my business partner, business partner, best friend, the, uh, the amazing EDP to do a competition based on what we did in the competition. So basically we had teams of four and the challenge was, can you guys beat the winning team's time? But there's only two of you. So, so you guys accepted it was for like 200 bucks. Right. And you won. We did, which was, which was awesome. And I was here watching some of it. So the question really is, is explain your process during that time period where it was just you and Eric working out the way you were. How did you fight through the pain and the muscle fatigue? And here's what I mean by that is that, cause we talked about it briefly and you said something that I thought was interesting. You basically said that when you're when you were just going balls out and you felt like the lactic acid was building up and you were in a lot of pain and you felt like your heart was about to explode, you just kept going because you just recognized that was something that like, it was just a response of your body. So it was like, you know, you were doing something and you were getting this stimulus response from it. Talk me through that mentality. Cause I think so many of us, if we're going that hard, we just stop or we're like, Oh, I can't go anymore. And you guys just freaking kept going. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I want to make sure, make sure I am, uh, approaching this question in a way that is like not misleading or, or, you know, is relatively consistent from my perspective and and what happened. And, um, you know, from the, on the one hand, Eric and I are both 28 at the time, 28 years old, and we've been training in this vicinity. This is our, our gym. We literally made these events and workouts. Right. And so when we had agreed to this, we definitely sat there and crunched some numbers and did some calculations in our head. And while it was, it was a stretch, we thought like we had a, a pretty good shot at, at being able to, to, to win against the teams of four with the two of us. Right. Um, you know, also recognizing that the teams are generally very varied in age, you know, age ranges, the usually 25 to 40 something, uh, both, uh, male and females on, on each of the teams and whatnot. Right. And so being that Eric and I are 28 year old males with a decade, two decades of training experience, and we made the events, um, it was a calculated, it was a calculated risk. And though it did certainly stretch our ability level, I was, I was excited to be able to, uh, pull out on the other side of it. 
Um, to address your your question regarding like just that relationship with the discomfort and yes, what, what you yeah, and what you go through when you're suffering. I I think it um, just people have very different ranges of experience in in that type of thing, and uh, I think it's uh, important or appropriate for people to. Um, understand what their relationship is with that discomfort and pain. And I not only train so regularly. And so it's not like a, you know, I don't have this sensor wave of anxiety when I'm really uncomfortable or really out of breath or like pushing myself to kind of my physical edge, if you will, mm-hmm. as I've just spent a lot of time there over the years. And I'm so certainly experiential then. I think, I mean, I think there, it comes in on a number of levels there. There's certainly a, a gradient and I'm not the toughest person physically. Like there's, we know this. Yeah. And there's, I mean, so I'll, I'll put it this way. I've, I've competed in a pretty wide range of sports. I was nearly a national level weightlifter, uh, in terms of my, you know, lifting numbers, I was a, an okay gymnast. I competed into college and soccer, like I, everything I, and you know, within CrossFit, my team almost made it to the CrossFit games at, at one point in time, that was a different era of competition than sure. it is now, but I've always been pretty damn good at every, everything I've really taken on, uh, physically, but I'm not necessarily, I've never been like inherently super talented. Like, it's not like I walk on the field anywhere and people are like, Oh my gosh, like this guy's going to be so good at that. Um, and, but I'm also not the person who's going to just like break myself and ruin my life just to, uh, get a little bit better at a sport. And I think that there are right. people who <laughs> go off that edge of the, the deep end. And I see it within like the, the CrossFit competition scene, for example, where, people kind of put their lives on hold for two, three, four years so that they can reach the pinnacle of their, their physical ability. And they, man, they develop such a tough mental resiliency to dealing and, and tolerating with basically a sport that's pain. Um, and on the flip side of that, I think that there's, there's people out there who, uh, are very deterred by any, like any level of discomfort. And I see it in he, in my gym on a pretty regular basis where, uh, People just have don't haven't developed the coping skills to, um, you know, feel their heart rate elevated, their blood pressure is high because they're you know lifting and bracing and tensing really hard. Right. Uh, they don't know what it's like to have that you know lactate build up in their bloodstream, and their body's not perf- uh, particularly used to having this many different like layers of stress and different types right. of stress. Um, and so that's a very overwhelming sensation, and I think that people have to kind of make sure that their level of uh, like how much pain they're willing to take on is uh, very much in line with what their goals are. Like if your goals are to do, to train pretty hard for the rest of your life, then most of the time your your training should be pretty moderate and in, in, on average. Like you should be working at a six, seven, eight out of 10, you know, every once in a while go up to a nine and then only on rare occasions should you really, really be pushing yourself uh, to the it. max and just, you know, for the sake of, uh, getting in touch with that primitive part of yourself who, who needs to be challenged and needs to understand what you're made of. So, okay. So I have a question, a follow-up question about that. So you talk about, you touched a little bit on um, your relationship with discomfort. Sure. Because I feel like most people, myself included, when you're just going and going and going and you're just like, oh my God, holy fuck, this is the worst. Oh my God, is yeah. this ever going to end? That's all I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. 
What are you thinking in your head at that moment? Some, I mean, don't get me wrong. Plenty of times it's exactly that. And there's, I mean, I can think of many, many times where I've like one time I, I remember when I was probably 17 or 18 getting ready to go out for a run. And I always did the same 2.2 mile loop around like near my house. Uh, and I remember I started running like a hundred meters in, I just stopped and I just walked home. And I was like, <laughs> I just don't have it today. I'm just going home. Um, and you know, like Sorry, I, Mom. I Sorry, think Dad. it's, I think it's very, yeah, it's very, very present no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know that it's possible to differentiate mental toughness from physical toughness. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I kind of have a problem with, with that idea within the just general, group fitness, like just general life help, whatever community. Um, because there's no way that you can really understand what that person's experiencing. And if somebody, uh, physically just tolerates the training better, physically tolerates some activity, maybe they're experiencing less pain and they don't have to deal with as much. Like if somebody's just in much better shape than you, sure. uh, then you're not necessarily sure. going through as much. Or, or even so, if some like you could even quantify how much lactates is in somebody's bloodstream. But if person A who has more lactate in their bloodstream and you would expect them to be feeling more physical duress and, and whatnot, but they just don't interpret that as, as stressful, like are they actually – in more pain or are they not? Because pain is really just a sensation that you, you know, experience in your mind. It's, you know, it is, does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I totally losing you here? Yeah, no, no, no. It makes sense. So then, so all right, I don't want to belabor the point. We'll move on to the next question. But um, so when you're in that moment, so like when you guys were doing that, though, you know, that piece and you were just like ripping the handles off the roller while you guys were, when you were going, you look like you were going full steam. So at that moment, were you, do you think, oh my God, this sucks so bad, but, or but then also have moments of like, wow, I'm just like, that's just the lactic acid acid building up in my blood. And like, I, you know, it's super painful and uncomfortable, but I'm just going to keep going. Sure, sure. I mean, I think all of those things are, yeah. are probably present on some level. It's, you know, at, at and what you're referring to is when we finished this event, there's three different events over the course of the day. Right. Uh, this was literally the last station and I probably rode my ass off as hard as I could for the last 40 seconds or something like that. Right. Um, and so with all of the work being behind you, uh, different people have an easier, more difficult time kind of digging that last couple percentage points of effort. I'm someone who I've always been able to you can get finish to strong and, and, you know, give every last drop at the very end, but I don't sustain very well. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, Eric, my business partner, and who is also doing the competition with me, he tends to sustain his effort and, and intensity a lot better, but doesn't necessarily always have the strongest finishing kick. Got and it. so, at, at, you know, those types of moments, it's it's really just trying to muffle all of that noise in your head and stay as present as possible. And I think that is something that uh, more mature athletes are able to to be more effective at is just dampening all of those thoughts in their head and yeah. trying to be really present in what they're doing. And, and they're not thinking, Oh my gosh, my legs burn. Oh my gosh, I can't, uh, you know, catch my breath. They're thinking like lean forward, lean back, pull, lean forward, lean, lean back, pull. Yeah. And they're like just giving themselves little mental cues that keep them engaged in what they're doing, but don't, de- don't necessarily, um, like not, not giving all of their focus to how uncomfortable it is. Got it. Makes sense. Awesome. All right, let's move on. Who's your celebrity crush? No, just kidding. Tell me some basic rules everyone should follow as it relates to health. Obviously, I'm you know no smoking, not a lot of drinking, not a lot of sugar. But what are some other basic rules? Basic rules. Yeah. 
Uh, basic rules. Really, I mean, I think health and, and general fitness is something that, you know, God willing, everyone should be able to achieve with, with just sticking to the basics. I don't think uh, most people need to dedicate their lives to living in a super regimented way. Right. Um, and so I think if you do uh, basically do things that are not really controversial, like you don't need to uh, if nobody's talking about whether broccoli is good for you or whether you should eat a salad, like some people are talking about meat and how much protein and, right. you know, should I do all fat or should I do no carb? I, you know, but those are relatively controversial thing, things. Uh, very few people are talking about trying to get vegetables in throughout the, throughout the day. I think that's a pretty reasonable direction yeah. to go in. Oh, that's um, a good point. So keep it reasonable and keep it uncontroversial. Sure, sure. Like no one ever says like, no, that's too much broccoli. Yeah, exactly. Or too much. Right. I say that every time somebody puts broccoli <laughs> on my plate, just to be clear. Broccolini, dude. Yeah. Broccolini's good. Yeah. I like broccolini. I'm a big fan I've, of broccolini. I've come around to that. Do you know what I don't like? I don't like broccoli's albino cousin. Oh, cauliflower. Oh, it's no, the worst. It's the worst. It gives me the toots every it's, time. It's, I just don't like it. Um, may, I, may I add to that as you'd ask for a couple of, uh, yes, couple of elements? Um, I think just prioritizing uh, the basics as far as, yes, the nutrition needs to be very reasonable. Um having some balance between structure and fun. And I mean that pertaining to both your exercise and your, uh, um, like sleep and sleep schedule and stress schedule and things like that is I'd already gotten into before everything has an opportunity cost. Um, and if you're willing to stay up late, uh, in order to, you know, get some work responsibility accomplished, right. that is going to have a, co a cost on your physical health over time. So just trying to prioritize the quality of sleep. I think your you know, just general relationships with the people that are most important to right. um, are going to be much more important to people's physical well-being in the long term uh, than most people give give it credit for because they're going to be the the persons that are supporting you when you want to go to the gym instead of going home and watching TV. And if they're, you know, passive aggressive and like, oh, you never want to hang out with me, then that's not going to bode well for your ability to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and truly just recognizing that you are like quality of life is going to directly be related to your health and wellness at every every single day of your life. And that's the, the truth when you're 70. It's the truth when you're, you're 17. Um, and the way you treat your body should really reflect, you know, how you want that, that to function and what you want your life to be over the course of a lifetime. I like that, dude. I like that concept of quality of life is directly related to your health every single day. Mm. Huh. All right, cool. Uh, next question. Let's see. Oh, this is dovetails right on there. So how important is sleep and what are the optimal sleeping conditions? How important is sleep? Yes. Sleep is undoubtedly one of the pillars of health and wellness. I think uh, it's probably one of the areas that modern science is going to invest more into understanding and uh, trying to identify like what what is actually happening when we sleep. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, though I can't like cite any research or anything like that specifically, I, I think it's pretty well accepted that trying to get quality sleep as regularly as possible is going to be a, a simple pillar of human health. Um, you, and it's, you know, just as important as is your nutrition. It's just as important as is your exercise. And I think the fourth major pillar in, in my experience would be just your stress. Um, and so it's, it's simply one of the, the pillars of, of good health. And, and, uh, though 
I don't feel comfortable making definitive statements such as this is what you should do when you sleep or this is not. Right. Like I think that people um, should trial and error for every facet and pillar of you know health and wellness in their life. Um, but some basic experiences that I've had, I've I've found that trying to sleep in a cool room is really important. Um, such that if you're all bundled up and it feels all cold and it's, <laughs> you feel like a little marshmallow in there, uh, I, it is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, support, support of the idea that, that being in a cool, cool room is important. How much sleep do you get a night? Um, I've been doing well lately, man. I got eight or nine hours last night. Wow. Uh, I've been doing well it's, as, as a six year, six year old business. It's different now when I have employees that can take some of the early morning classes, yeah. but my difficulty is my, my schedule is very erratic. And so I was here at, at work at 5.30 a.m. on Monday uh, and then like 6.30 a.m. a couple other days. And then today I didn't come in until 11. Um, and so I think the that consistency is actually a lot more important than people give it credit for. I think creating like a uh, yeah. bedtime rhythms uh, super important. Do you have a do you have like a usual time that you go to bed? I do. I go to bed around 10:30 or 11 at the latest. And then I'm up if I go to bed earlier than 10:30, I'm up at 5. Yeah. If I go to bed between 10:30 and 11, I'm up probably at 6. Uh-huh. Um but then there're also there're also nights if I, you know, fall asleep next to my daughter or whatever and I'll I'll be asleep in bed at you know, nine thirty, yeah, and then I'm up at you know four thirty in the morning. So I do not, I do not sleep in usually, like yeah. even on uh, on the weekends. Yeah, even even How about that night after you went out drinking sake. I still got up. I mean, I still got up probably at six thirty. Dang, yeah. It's just like I just might yeah. I think like the you know when it's when it's light out, I just I'm like let's yeah. go, let's get ready to go. And I think I think some people really operate just fine like that. Um, the the consistency is like if you find that seven and a half hours or five and a half hours is like your body feels great. Um, there's no issue there. Some people do really well going to bed really late and sleeping in until yeah. 11 o'clock. Some people are the opposite. Um, I also will note that it's important to have a really dark, dark room when at, wherever you go to yeah. bed is um, there's a lot of support of the idea that like your body is pretty well adjusted to the rhythms of the, the sun, like the sun, sunlight coming yeah. in and you're like, even just the, the basic act of sunlight hitting your skin, even if your eyes are closed, like that ge- generally sends the signals to your body to wake up. It's time to get moving and stuff huh, like that. I didn't know that. So interesting. All right, cool. Crazy Let's shit. Move. Pretty crazy stuff. Next question. Let's see. Oh yeah, this is a good one. So you again said you've seen anywhere from 350 to 550 people come through here. What, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make in their fitness? Like, you know, things like wrong form, trying to lift too much weight. What is it? What are the, what are the big things you see? It's, you know, it's funny cause it's very rarely like, I don't want things, you to just talk about me. You know, yeah, I know everything that Jim does wrong. <laughs> uh, it's very rarely like those individual, it, it's like individual elements. Like, yeah, of course, like technique, especially when things are technical is really important. Of course, you know, loading, uh, whatever, if you're doing resistance training, having an appropriate load relative to the rep scheme that you're performing. But I think just a general, like the general approach and attitude that, that people have just needs to, uh, needs to be in, in a position that's going to support whatever their goals are. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. And so often I see people making decisions that I, I think are really out of line with what they 
say that they're here for. Like if we offer group training classes and somebody sits down with me and they say, yeah, I, you know, I don't really care. I don't have an ego. I'm not worried about how much weight I lift. Uh, and I just want to really get the form right. And then a cute girl walks, walks by in one of the classes and then they're lifting with, a another athlete who's, you know, 17 years old and lifting 30 pounds more than them. And all of a sudden the ego gets into play and, and they're in yeah. a position where they're just kind of caught up and wrapped up in the moment. Um, and so I, I think that just being, uh, consistent with what your intention is for the, the training and, and having like a, an idea about what you're wanting to get out of it, um, needs to be present at all times. And then just really being accountable to like where you are. If you're somebody who like too often, I, I feel as though people kind of make fun of like, oh, like I hate running. I'm so bad at it. Or I never, you know, I'm, I'm so inflexible. It's the word and I'm looking, staring at you right now. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I recognize in some cases those things are out of people's control. If you have a back surgery, that means your spine doesn't, uh, articulate then. And that's what you're, you know, that's what you have to, to deal with. Right. And you just do the best that you can. Um, but I think taking ownership that, you are exactly in the place you are physically because of every decision you've ever made. And when you went to medical school for four years and really, uh, you know, did not take care of yourself physically and you regressed to a crazy level, like that's where you're, yeah, Mike, if you're out there, uh, that that's why you're here today. If you, uh, spent a ton of time getting extremely flexible, but you didn't do anything to develop strength in those ranges of motion. And now like you're, you're, you can get into extreme positions, but you're loosey goosey, not very powerful, Scott, uh, Lang. Scott Lang, uh, and you have a beautiful bald head, uh, <laughs> Scott Lang also. Um, I, I just think people need to take ownership of those things. Yeah. And that is something that, uh, it, I believe if more people did, it would empower them to recognize I am, I am in control of what my physical outcomes are. And if yeah. you want to, if you want to become a better runner and you're embarrassed every time you go to run with some friends or play pickup basketball, Jim, that, uh, you know, that you're so terrible at it, like find a way to improve it. Cause there's many, many resources, yeah. resources out there. Um, and if something really is important to you, like there are infinite ways to, to go about getting what's, better at it. And what's interesting about what you're saying in this, this is a, this isn't a question, but it's, in, it's a, Interesting observation. Literally almost every single question you have answered, you've tied it back into mindset and like, what are your goals? How are you thinking about this? And I think too often people think about health and fitness as, well, if I eat this, then this is what happens. If I work out here, this is what happens. And really you're saying, seems you seem to be saying like, that's a, that's a big part of it, but it's also the mindset of going into it. Like, accepting where you are, taking responsibility for where you are, taking you know responsibility for the choices you're making, sure. actively thinking about the choices you're making, thinking about discomfort or pushing yourself or whatever and, and figuring out what your goals are. I think that's the piece that so many people, myself included, mm-hmm. just completely miss. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, you, you say, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go work out. Um, since I hurt my shoulder, I've actively been thinking a lot more about training and what am I really trying to get out of this? It's actually in some ways, you know, it's been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a blessing because it's never a blessing to rip a ligament off your bone, but, but it, (laughs) it has been, it has been interesting because now I I approach it a little differently and I think about like, okay, what am I actually trying to get done there today? Like, what is this? Like, what, what can I do around my shoulder? What other parts of my body do I need to work on? And it's just been, it's kind of been fascinating. Think about that. And so it's 
uh, I'm just struck by the fact of how much of what you're discussing and what you're talking yeah. about is, is I, I will is say I see that pretty regularly if somebody encounters a barrier such that you're going through with the shoulder right um, they are all of a sudden in a position where they have to evaluate and be introspective right. out of necessity in a way that you know yeah it's a total pain in the ass and you know you, you don't wish that upon anyone no um, but it, it you know think of it as an opportunity to allocate that training currency elsewhere and uh, you know that's a, a way of turning that negative into a yeah. positive for sure I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's, it's important to, to think of it that way. And also like, I just didn't, I'm just struck by the fact that, that it, you know, people, when they talk about health and fitness, there's not really a lot about mindset. Yeah. There's mindset in terms of work hard, push through the pain, yeah, like yeah. that kind of like motivational mindset. But there's, there's, it's almost like a choice mindset that you're talking about, like making these choices yeah. and, and taking responsibility. I mean, that's just the, that's just the tough position in the fitness industry is that, People usually want to accomplish X, Y, or Z, or they want to look a certain way, or they want to, yeah. you know, feel good about themselves based upon having social gratification in you yeah. know, whatever scenario. Um, but if you let that just jerk you around in every direction for long enough, then you're going to start to question. And I, pr that's probably why, because I've had so many experiences in this stuff. Yeah. I've been jerked around enough times where I'm just, you know, have to be introspective and I'm just like, well, what's the, what's the point? What am I here for? What do I want to get yeah. out of this? And if more people, which came, is, you know, thought about that stuff, that's as much huge. As I do, they, they'd probably draw some similar conclusions I would imagine. Right on. All right. Discuss the power of variety as applies to fitness. The power of variety, you know, it's, it's kind of a hot, a hot topic. The, I first and fo foremost want to say, I hate the, uh, the term muscle confusion. I think it's the, the, something that the, the fitness marketing sounds dumb. world came out with. Let's and just it's just it the dumbest dumb. thing idea. Um, but your, I'll, I'll frame it this way. Your body is constantly self-organizing itself, uh, based upon the way it interacts with the world. And if, you're accustomed to sitting in a chair for 12 hours a day with your, you know, chicken necking, looking, you know, squinting your eyes at a screen. Um, your body's going to more closely resemble a chair. And I don't mean that like in a funny way. I mean, literally like sure. the, the body's going to morph and you're going to adopt the postures and your bones are going to, uh, the bone density is going to respond to the actual pressure from the chair. Got it. And we're also both sitting down right now. Just yeah, which there. I try. Fortunately, I'm in a position where I have to sit down a lot less than the majority of the world. So yes. I, you know, I'm grateful for that. Um, and the same is true if you uh, lift weights five days a week and that's all you do. Um, or you you lift weights in a very uh, repetitive way if you do tons of push-ups and which back in the day was the way that, I mean, back in the day, it was like, go do chest and tries, yeah. back and buys, legs on a separate day. Sure, just, sure. I mean, I, I, I probably did that for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I, every fitness community has a lot to, to offer different, uh, different groups and they can help you achieve specific goals. Right. The bodybuilding tends to compartmentalize – the bodybuilding community uh, tends to compartmentalize the body into just muscle groups uh, and tends not to treat the body as a, a whole working unit. The endurance community, for example, just, you know, views the, views the body as health – how long does it take to go from point A to point B? Right. Um, and when it comes to your exercise regimen, 
Uh, I mean, we're going to come back to the mindset thing. I think it just comes down to what do you want to accomplish with your body and then select different activities that are consistent with helping you achieve that. If you want to gain, gain some muscle, then, uh, look at different fitness communities that have, you know, athletes that are striving for that. That would of course be like a bodybuilding community or, you know, different resistance training communities. Uh, if you're tired of feeling beaten up and banged up and your joints don't feel good and from too much repetitive movement over time, then seek out different disciplines that, uh, support, you know, decompressing and down-regulating your, Right, uh, right, right, your your body, um, and helping that. There's there's just so many different ways you can go about that, um, and so I will say that I think among the worst things that people can do for themselves is too much repetitiveness in any one activity, movement, discipline. Even um, lo- if you go for long enough, those things are going to catch up for you. And I I mean I can pretty well you know toss out any single physical activity and I can talk to you about the benefits and the the drawbacks of that singular discipline, if you will. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. All right. That is the same question. So I'm going to remove that one. I'm just flipping through the questions here because you've answered so many of them already. Um, This is an interesting one. How do you make a lifestyle out of fitness and do it every day? So I have a person who asked me this question. who's was asking, and she said, I want to work out. I want this to become part of my lifestyle. I have a very difficult time doing that. Mm-hmm. How has it been so easy for you? I mean, well, you I don't, recommend? yeah, I don't know that I don't know that I, I necessarily recommend what like my lifestyle to other people. Sure. Um, as I mean, it's clearly a much bigger part of my life than the majority. I own a gym. I, I take it seriously that I want to continue investing my own time into making sure that the stuff that I ask of my paying members is the most efficient use of their time, you know, in ter- terms of reaching their goal. Sure. Um, but I've seen just a lot of different, uh, different, thi- different things, and it's undoubtedly going to come back to mindset. Um, the two major kind of pillars that I would look look at is you haven't put yourself in the right environment to be successful, and maybe maybe you you know look at do you like social environments? Do you like doing things uh, in solace? Do you you know because that's going to dictate a lot. Uh, do you like activities that allow you to, uh, I don't want to say be mindless, but kind of uh, check out and just be moving and listening to your breathing? Then maybe you should take up swimming or hiking or running or walking right. on the beach. Um, or do you enjoy clanging and banging and, uh, you know, and right. love love intensity and throwing down with your your friends and, and that type of activity? Because maybe you'll play, pick up sports or get in, you know, join a CrossFit gym or something like that. Um so seeking out the environment that is most in line with what you think you'll enjoy. Um, and if you can, if you've really, you know, crossed all those boxes and you still haven't found something, then it's ultimately going to come down to figuring out a, a reason or a driving force for why you want to take care yeah, of yourself. It goes back to the mindset thing. And you don't need to, you don't need to become the fittest person in the world, but what you do need to do is make sure that you have a requisite level of health and fitness to serve your goals. And if your goal is, Hey, I want to make sure I can have a great relationship with my spouse and that I can run around and chase the kids and right. not embarrass myself at the company pickup, you know, kickball tournament, then the 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 extent to which you have to challenge yourself is going to be uh much lower than the person who wants to compete in recreational right. CrossFit competitions or tough mutters or if you want to be the, you know, 
an actual competitive athlete, then you're going to need to uh, morph your life around your training. And I think it's as simple as that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I know that, you know, as someone who, I mean, I've always worked out, I've always played sports. Mm-hmm. I've never really enjoyed working out. That's, mm-hmm. that's never, I mean, until, until I joined this place, I never liked it because it was like, it was just like another thing I had to think about. It was yeah. like another, like, oh, you know, what am I, what workouts am I going to do? I'm going to go to the gym by myself. You know, I am, I love being around other people sure, and sure. talking. So for me, it was just like, it was, it was hell. But what I noticed about coming to this place, which is probably the biggest thing is the community. You come in, you know, everybody and it, it is kind of mindless in the mm. sense that like there's programming on the board, there's stuff like someone's literally telling me what to do for an hour. So as a, you know, as a business owner, I have to make 10,000 decisions a day. Sure. And this is the one hour where I don't, someone else tells me what to do, when to do it, how much to do all of that. And it's actually kind of, awesome. he's very needy, very, <laughs> he's very extremely needy. needy. Um, if, but no, it's super interesting to do because they, and so I found that like, you know, for however many years I was working out and I didn't really enjoy it. I did it just to do it. Yeah. And then I come in here and I'm like, wow, I like really enjoy it. And like, when I don't come in the days where I'm not able to come in for whatever reason, yeah, I feel like a pull to go in yeah, or I yeah. still check the workouts online. Yeah, totally. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because I am so the inverse on that. And because I usually am coaching classes, I'm not training in a group environment and right. I'm usually doing it on my own. I just finished uh, training for two hours before you got here right. in Solace. Uh, and I freaking love the thinking about it and trying to manipulate different training variables and, uh, the constant evaluation of, should I do this or do that? It like, I just fucking love it. And I've, it's been a part of my life for decades now. And for that reason, I've thought a lot about the macro level, the nuances of every little discipline. And I enjoy the process of, of taking in more information. Um, but I recognize that I'm a, I'm that experience is not consistent with what what most people are looking for. Um, and you got to just figure out what formula works for you. And and that's what it comes down to. It's funny. This is a podcast about health and best practices for health and fitness. And it's really all about mindset. So much of it is totally mindset and choices. All right. A couple more questions for you. Oh, so funny. We already talked about this, but I'm just gonna tell you the, the question is explain the role of focused mindset and training, but we've talked about that. So I'm going to keep going Let's see this. Okay, this will be like kind of a miniature rapid fire question, all right? What is your advice for someone in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s? So someone in their 20s, what would you tell them? Health and fitness, what should they be doing? Do what you enjoy and makes you feel good. Perfect, 30s. Same exact thing. 40s? I, can I re, can I go back to the the twenties one because yes. it's all, it's going to be the same across the board. It's really the same shit. It's okay. it's making sure that you're crystal clear on you know what you want to get out of your training mm-hmm. and take actions to to do that. If if you know there there's nothing that has to change from from group to group. Like yeah, the the path to getting there may may vary a little bit, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know that a 60 year old is any different than a, the 20 year old, except for the, the, there are, some of them are a lot different. Like Rogers in his sixties and he's way stronger than he's so much stronger than you are. He's so strong. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I posted, I posted on our gym social media that, uh, there's an article. I already forget who it was posted by about what 50 year olds should stop doing in the gym because it's dangerous. And I just, 
fundamentally despise those types of articles. And I and think they came from like Reader's Digest. Yeah, it was Reader's Digest. That's right. And who is like who are typically reading Reader's Digest? What is I think it's only, I think you're only allowed to subscribe to Reader's Digest if you're over ninety. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was just uh, appalling to me as somebody who tries to give health and fitness advice because. Um, a, it's giving very shotgun uh, information to a world that that is they're they're exploiting the yeah. authority of a doctor and saying and saying like, hey, fifty year olds should stop doing push ups because it's stressful on the shoulders. Like, yeah, no shit, it's stressful on the shoulders. It's intended to be because it's exercise and training is stress, right. and you need to apply a, an appropriately calculated dose of stress to each individual. And people need to be educated about how much stress they apply to themselves. And so you don't sure. apply so much that your body breaks down and deteriorates. But you have to make sure that you apply enough that it has a reason to adapt and improve. Yep. Um, and I, I uh, hate reading things like that because, you know, every, inevitably somebody down, down the line is going to tell me, oh, I heard you shouldn't do this if you're over 50. <laughs> and, and the reality is, is you maybe you shouldn't be doing that if you're over, if you're, tw- there's 20 year olds who shouldn't be doing that, but there's also 60 year olds who, sh- who should. Right. It's, like very, Roger. it's very individualized and, and uh, you just have to, uh, not go through the, the motions and make sure that sure. You, that you're you know thinking about these things a little bit, making sure you're taking responsibility for your own health. Right, and what I think what applies what applies for the crowd doesn't necessarily apply for the individual. Absolutely, the individual. yeah, right. absolutely. Um, one of the last questions: Talk about the power of rest and recovery. The power of rest and recovery, um, yes. just from a physiological perspective, I. Don't you know? There, there's probably different impressions of the whoever's listening to this right now on how important that is. I, I will try to make it as, as crystal clear as I can and just say that uh, exercise is again stress, um, and you don't get stronger from doing the exercise itself. You get stronger from the process of doing the exercise, thus applying that stress to your body and then giving your body the resources it needs to heal itself and regenerate and grow and super compensate. Um, and if you okay. don't have adequate uh, nu- the nutrition, which are the physical resources such as the amino acids and the fats and the carbohydrates that your body assimilates into itself in order to, to regenerate, um, it, it can and you're going to get worse. If you were to like fast, for example, and do really demanding, stressful training that breaks down a lot of muscle tissue, you'll probably be weaker the next time you go and train. Um, if you don't get sleep, uh, or if you, you know, I don't know if any, if anyone's here ever gotten a big argument with a, a spouse or a relative no. and then, and Never. then, uh, you know, tried to go and do something the next day, like you might have a lot of cortisol in your body, which gets you excited and, and you can do it. But if you go through that pattern for years and years and years, your body's just going to not have the adaptability of somebody who doesn't right, have that level down. of life, life in it, uh, stress in this li- in your life. Got it. Okay. All right, cool. That makes sense. Um, what's interesting about that too is again, that's probably not something a lot of people, myself included, think about. We don't uh-huh. really think about active recovery or active rest or like, okay, I'm not working out today. So instead of feeling like a slug, cause I'm not working out, the fact that I'm not working out is actually a good thing mm-hmm. because I'm actually helping my body by resting and growing. Yeah. Okay. The very last question for you. Um, what do the best athletes in the gym that you've seen, what do they have in common? 
and again, it, but I, we should preface it by saying that no, very few people in here are competitive athletes. Sure. They're, you know, sort of so, everyday. So the, the person that I'm describing is probably uh, someone who is quite consistent in their training. They, they perform well. They're just generally fit, healthy, healthy people, not necessarily uh, consumed by it. And so to, to answer that question, I think the first element is just going to be consistency. Um, the, the people who are, the people who are, you know, what you describe have been doing something or taking themselves seriously on this front for a longer time than the people who are brand new. And so, um, that'll be something I, I see within the gym setting pretty frequently. Somebody will come in and after two years of training, they'll say, Oh, that person just came in and they're already kicking my tail. Like, what the heck? Or it's been. But they were doing it before. And, or it's not, maybe they weren't doing it before in terms of training that resembles this directly, but maybe they come from a background of swimming, or maybe they're my man Terry, who's What's up, Terry? Uh, just walking to the gym. What's up, Terry? Uh, and so um, if you are, you know, trying to cultivate a certain set of characteristics, the people who have the most uh, consistency in pursuing those things are just going to be the ones who are most successful. Um, and then, adopting an appropriate level of difficulty and and taking on an appropriate level of challenge. The people that are constantly biting off more than they can chew, then they're probably going through this pattern of, you know, hey, I really want to get better at this fast, but now my shoulder hurts. And so they have to take time off and and, uh, address that. Um, That seems like it's a big one. That seems like you see that a lot where someone's like, oh man, I got to, I got to get to this. I got to get to this. And And then like, and then like, oh, the next week they're like, oh man, my back hurts. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and to I'm counter that, and to counter that, then you have the other side of the, the spectrum, which is like uh, that relationship with discomfort that I kind of alluded to earlier. Which is, I don't want to like. I'm concerned every single time I stepped outside of my comfort zone that right. I'm going to hurt myself. And so you, they don't. You have themselves. to. You have to figure out what that appropriate blend and balance is um, in order to be successful uh, in achieving any goal that's beyond you know something that's very basic and and uh, rudimentary, if you will. Right so I think that those those two things of consistency and uh, applying appropriate level of difficulty and stress on a regular basis are, are going to be the two biggest factors. Right on. Well, I think we should probably end now because class is about to start. We can hear the bikes going in the different distance, and That's I right. probably need to warm up and get changed and all that. Get stuff. Get changed, get all that stuff, and um, you can dig into the cookies. I uh, I'm gonna have myself a few more cookies here. <laughs> I hope that uh, anyone who is listening to this stuck with me. I know that was a lot of rambling and tangents and things like that. It's but, great. Uh, it's know. um. I think that uh, what's interesting about some of the stuff is like you have such a different perspective because you've been in the business, but you've also been an athlete for so long. And even for somebody like me, who's been, and more importantly, I work with a really diverse set of people, yeah. you know, and, and try to help them on a regular basis every single day. Just along those lines, who do you think is the best looking coolest person between the ages of 47 and 49? Who's half Asian under five ten? Do you have anybody come to mind as a, uh, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll leave you with I'm that. I'm not one. sure how old Terry is, but maybe, <laughs> okay, maybe well, Terry. we can ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at heroupmedia.com. Heroupmedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.